All right, welcome back, everybody, to uh, another episode of the Ball Hawks podcast. I'm your host, Steve Fisher. You can find me on Twitter at ssfisher87. Um, I'm joined today, like always, with my assistant to the host, assistant <laughs> to the co-host, uh, my Dwight, my Dwight Truth, my Robin, Chris Phillips. What's happening, man? Steve, what's going on, man? Uh, th- thanks for having me back. Uh, happy to be here. Um, of course, uh, episode one was great. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter. I'm, I'm on there, uh, Phillips Chris Twelve. Uh, that's uh, that's the handle. And don't forget to follow us at the Ballhawks underscore Pod as well. You're always welcome back, by the way. So we we wanted to start today's episode going back a little bit. I know everybody's kind of in the right in the thick of free agency things, but really something that set the NFL world off was um, on Sunday with the Taysom Hill contract. Do you want to get into that a little bit, Chris? Yeah. Wow. Did that ever uh, throw everyone for a loop on Sunday there when Adam Schefter tweeted out that the New Orleans uh, Saints had signed at Taysom Hill to a four-year, $140 million extension, which, uh, of course, gives him the same uh, annual uh, average of $35 million, which is the same as Russell Wilson. I mean, we texted each other right away. What are the Saints doing? Yeah, I think I um, first messaged you saying... Hey, guess what? Taysom got four years, 140, and there was some maybe words that your mother would not have approved. Uh, I, I, I I believe my exact response was, uh, pardon, redacted me. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, it, it essentially blew up the NFL world. People are losing their minds. Twitter basically blows up in half. And then some of the details start trickling through. I mean, like always, right? Somebody reports something. It isn't actually what it seems. And then we start to get words like voidable. We get to hear words like, uh, you know, in reality. So give, uh, give the listeners a little quick rundown of what um, his contract in reality is including the voidable year thing. Yeah. So like I said, four year, $140 million extension. Um, so of course he's got a, uh, currently he, or I think he's had a two year contract last year. So he had one year remaining on that contract with a, uh, 2021 cap charge of 16.159 million. Um, Basically, what the Saints did is they signed Taysom Hill to a four-year extension, adding four years to that current contract um, as a mechanism to free up cap space. Um, and that's where the whole voidable contract part of it comes in. Here's the catch. Taysom Hill is not going to see a single penny of that <laughs> new deal. The Saints simply needed to add time to his current contract because it allowed them to restructure his 2021 uh cap and teams are allowed to spread out anytime they restructure a contract they are allowed to spread that out over five years so if a player has 
four years remaining on their contract, they can spread it out over four years or add another year to the contract. Well, Taysom Hill had one year remaining, so they added four years to be able to uh, spread that out over the maximum allowable five years. So the the big question, I mean, once we start hearing all of these things like Taysom Hill is not going to hear a cent of this, I think the conversation then switched to, well, why would he do that? Like, why? essentially, why would you put yourself out there doing the Saints this big favor of um, signing this big extension so that you can lower your cap hit? Why don't you just take a massive, I, I guess, pay cut? And then on top of that, why on earth would you sign a four-year, $140 million? Like, what, what were you thinking with those exact numbers? Everybody was going to look at that and say, oh, wow, Taysom Hill is getting Russell Wilson money because that's the exact same contract he signed. And Which, then he turns into literally the laughing stock of Twitter and people saying, well, don't worry about it. Taysom Hill will never see a cent of that. So what, what's his incentive? What's the, what's the player incentive to do that? What does he get out of it? Nothing. <laughs> That, that, I think that's a great question. I, th- I think that's something that we're really not going to get the full answer on until um, next offseason and whether or not the Saints, uh, you know, after they void this contract, uh, are they going to sign him again? The, the New Orleans Saints have always done right or seem to have done right by Taysom Hill. Um, they, they've, you know, they gave him that two-year contract extension last year they drew Brees got hurt last year they you know everyone thought for sure james winston was going to step in and be the starter while drew Brees was hurt well they actually handed the reins to Taysom hill uh you know it was announced uh this this past week as well that you know not only did the saints sign Taysom hill to this outrageous phony contract and and you know you 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 say why choose like four years, $140 million. Well, I mean, they could have put whatever numbers they wanted in those, in that four-year contract. It could have been four years, $50 billion. It, it doesn't matter. It's, it's voidable. They really just needed the years. The, the actual numbers didn't matter. Um, but then they re- went and re-signed Jameis Winston as well and have announced that Taysom and Jameis are going to compete for the starting job. Uh, if Taysom wins that starting job, again, he's he's in line to get in another contract after this season, after this one gets aborted. Yeah, a couple interesting things in there. Like, I can't remember who tweeted it out saying the four years, $140 million is really, it meant nothing. And I think they even said they could have signed him to a four year, um, you know, because he had to get to that fifth year to spread the signing bonus out. They could have signed him for, yeah, $70 billion. Like, if I'm Taysom Hill, like, do, do you think maybe there's a chance that they don't void it and you're going to get lucky into getting $35 million? Like, in that sense, why didn't you just sign what the market said you should have signed, you know, per se for a four-year deal? I, I just, I think to myself and I think if I'm in that scenario, whether the Saints have done me right or wrong... um, it's just one of those odd things that you're kind of putting your name out there to just be laughed at. And these guys are all proud dudes. Like they were the star athlete in high school. Most of them were the starters in college and stuff like that. Um, kind of like putting himself out there to just get eaten alive. The one thing that I 
read that uh, kind of made me chuckle was the, uh, the 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 way this writer uh, worded it was the the devilish details in uh, the thirty five million a year uh, matching Russell Wilson's contract and of course. Uh, Russell Wilson's name has been tied to the New Orleans Saints as he, of course, put them on uh, on his list of four teams. You also mentioned uh, Taysom Hill's market. Uh, what is his market? What, why not just, you know, if you're going to do this, why not just sign a four-year uh, fair market value contract? What is the market on Taysom Hill right now? What is he? Is he the starting quarterback? Is he the backup quarterback? Uh, is he a running back? Is he a tight end? What is he right now? So I, I think the Saints did this and, and again, made or use these made up numbers because they also have to figure that out this year without Drew Brees there. And with a full year of potentially Taysom Mill at the starting quarterback or not, what is he, where does he fit? What position uh, do we want him at going forward? And that is then going to be his market value. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, because he's such a hybrid player that is a great question like what is his value there's really I don't know if there's a true comp in the NFL out there that you could look at and say well let's just you know structure the numbers like this um maybe there isn't I just don't know um but every single person knew that Taysom Hill was not worth Russell Wilson money including Taysom Hill you like yeah, okay, you're a proud guy and you want to say like, oh, this one time I signed a four by, you know, $140 million deal. He knows for a fact he is not worth Russell Wilson money. So like, it's just, I I don't know. It's something about it is completely mind boggling in terms of like, if you were going to do that, um, why those numbers? Any like, whatever that turns out to be, whatever. Uh, I think the bigger question in this is... Um, is the salary cap a myth? I know that's been kind of the, something that's been thrown around this year. Um, we have a buddy of ours who uh, sent me a text this one time saying, well, of course the salary cap's a myth. And my immediate gut reaction to it was take off your tinfoil hat. It's not a myth. Like you have to get to the cap by a certain day. I think that that was actually today, right? At four uh, yeah, p.m. Eastern. It was today. So, um, I guess that's the question I have for you. Is the salary cap a myth? It, it's definitely up for interpretation. Uh, you know, it's especially in a lot of these professional sports leagues. Um, you know, you see, uh, we're specifically talking about the NFL, but you see major league baseball and their, uh, luxury tax. If you go over the salary cap, um, I'm, I'm not sure about the NBA's rules. I, I know they have, you know, these max contracts and, and you can only have certain guys to max contracts. I don't know all of their ins and outs. Um, I mean, even the NHL has their circumventions with uh, long-term injured reserve. Uh, the I, I, flavor of the week for the NFL this year seems to be voidable years. Uh, you know, we, we always see year after year teams restructuring deals to open up cap space, but it seems like this year we're seeing guys sign these deals with uh, with voidable years. I mean, we we're just talking about Dak doing or uh, Taysom Hill doing it. Excuse me. We talked last week about Dak 
Prescott doing it. Uh, Tom Brady did it this off season uh, last week. Levante David did it last week. Ben Roethlisberger did it. Uh, hell, even the Bears kicker, Cairo Santos did it, uh, which that's a whole other conversation probably. <laughs> um, and it's just, it's these, it's this mechanism that allows teams to spread out the, the contract further, lowering the cap hit. They're still going to pay the money, um, but it lowers the cap hit and frees up extra space for them. And really all they're doing is they're just pushing that money into the future and they're never really going to pay that money because sure, they might pay it off for Taysom Hill, but then let's use the, the Saints as, uh, as our example because we're talking about Taysom Hill. So, okay, sure, maybe they pay off Taysom Hill's uh, dead cap money eventually. But within that time frame, you're going to see probably Cam Jordan, Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, one of them restructure and create more dead cap space. So they're constantly creating this, this, uh, this extra cap space and pushing dead cap money further and further down the road. That is just, it's like a rotating cycle, right? Yeah. I think you hit it right on the head there. Like this year in particular, we're seeing all of these deals and, um, then it's coming out just a little later what the actual contract is. And one that comes to mind, um, a buddy of mine sent this to me today, was um, the Aaron Jones contract. And he, you know, the big highlight was four years, 48 million. Everybody's like, how are the Packers going to do that when they're technically over the cap? They cannot be paying a running back $12 million. Um, and then... It comes out a little bit later that, you know, again, I I feel like I could take a year-long course on the salary cap and still not fully understand it, but um, he's got a signing bonus of $13 million. Um, his base salary for 2021 is going to be only $1 million. 2022, it's going to be $1.1 million. Like, if that's not a team-friendly thing to do, I don't know what is, as Aaron Rodgers is getting up a little older. And then it balloons to 8.1 and 11.1. Now, those are just the base salaries. So the flavor of the week is this, well, when can you void the contract or when is your potential out, I think, is another one of those um, terms we're starting to hear a lot more of. And I'll just use the Aaron Jones one because it's in front of me. After the 2022 season... His cap hit goes from, let's actually start 2021, it's 4.5. That gets doubled in 2022 to 9. And then it balloons up to 19.25. Aaron Jones is going to be making quarterback money in 2023. But, oh. well, of course not. Like, there, nobody's ever going to pay a guy that much money. So, you know, I'm on I'm spot track here. And the potential out is, of course, 2023. And the Packers would be hit with six point five in dead million or in dead cap. But I mean, if his cap hit was nineteen point two five, you know, they're saving almost fifteen million dollars on the cap there. So, anyways, just an, a really interesting conversation with dead money, voidable years, like what all of those things mean. And I, I think you are right. I think it is the this flavor that we're starting to see in the NFL to become cap compliant. And um, maybe for simple brains like me, 
it just needs to be like more obvious what these things actually mean. Like you actually need people who are capologists or like cap specific people who study the wording on it to know what half of these things even mean. Well, and I, I think the biggest thing um, that, that, that I've definitely learned over these last few years as I've, um, I don't want to say become more involved with the NFL. I'm, I've, I've been a pretty diehard fan for, for a very long time, but I, I guess I've been paying more attention to the contracts and, and the, the you know, free agencies and the contract extensions and, the, and then this and that. And the one thing that I've really noticed, and I, I, we kind of touched base on it last week, is that guaranteed money. Guaranteed money is really the most important part of, of any of the, the contracts that these, these guys sign. Um, you know, they, they, they sign X amount of years for X amount of dollars, but really you're looking at to see how much of that got guaranteed because the guaranteed portion is really the portion that once that guaranteed money is paid out, there's the out. There, there's the opportunity for the team to get out of that contract, get away from that player. I mean, like you just said uh, with Aaron Jones, his, his cap hit is 19 million or his dead cap is 6.5. Well, obviously they're going to cut him. There, there's no way they're going to take a, 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 a cap hit for running back over $19 million, especially when they can cut him. And yes, they still have to have deal with that 6.5 cap hit, but they're saving $13 million. It, it, it just, you, you, you see these contracts and you, you, when the media first reports them, they just talk about the, the years and the dollar figure. But once you start actually getting the, the details, you, you get a lot more information and you start looking on spot track about when, when is the out, when is the out, when is where, it's, it's just, it's, it's crazy how the, like I said, it's just all these mechanisms that these teams have put in to free up cap space and just do what they need to do to cook the books and be under the cap space, whichever, whichever way they have to do it. Yeah. And I think this, um, or one of the first times I can really think of this whole like guaranteed money being at the forefront of things because you know we've talked a lot about this i'm and i am and will always be somebody who pushes for players making the money um they're the ones putting their bodies on the line um and you know a couple years ago we saw kirk cousins signing that fully guaranteed deal and it just like rocked the nfl and it's kind of interesting we haven't really seen that since i kind of I was kind of thinking that's where it might start turning to. And I was actually hoping it would start turning to where, um, you know, players are actually getting that money and these billionaire owners don't have like as much control over what's actually going on. Um, okay. Let's move on to a little bit of free agency action. And, um, you know, once this, what do they call it? The legal tampering period, I think is the stupidest thing on earth. Like just, just open up free agency already. Like we don't need to say like, okay, now you're actually allowed to talk to players, but you can't sign the official contract until the league year starts. Like they need to redo that thing um, and just open free agency up right away. But the one team that kind of stole the show from the beginning, um, the new England Patriots, what was the first one that you saw on the Patriots? Who was it? 
Uh, I know must, there's a I lot. Mean, was it on Sunday that they re-signed Cam Newton, or did that happen early Monday when the tampering window opened? No, I think uh, I think you're right. On Sunday, they it it, it might have even been Saturday they signed him to his one year deal again, team friendly. I think it's yeah, up, which up to thirteen point six, maybe I want to say. It, it, yeah, that's exactly right. That's that's what I have written down here as well, which is a very bizarre number. Um, that's that's not really starting quarterback money. Um, I guess not starting quarterback money that we're used to. I'm sure it's not starting quarterback money that Cam Newton is used to with the uh, contract that he had uh, when he was down in, down in Carolina there. But it's not backup money either. Uh, so what's the option? What's what's happening there? Are they going to draft a quarterback? Are they still making moves? I know uh, there's there's been talks that uh, they might still be in on Deshaun Watson, so who knows? Um, but of course, the uh, the the Patriots. I guess when the the legal tampering window opened, which just I I've never understood that either. I know they do it in <laughs> hockey as well, and I just I have the same mindset. It's just like just get to it already. Like if if these guys can talk about contracts and they can agree to these contracts, just sign the bloody contract then. Yeah. It, it same with the the the. Um, trades the offseason trades like the Carson Wentz trade wasn't technically official until today uh the, the Matthew Stafford for Jared Goff trade wasn't technically official until today and you see these teams and their social media uh accounts posting these thank you videos for Matthew Stafford and Carson Wentz and and this and that and you're like, wasn't that guy traded like a month ago? Like, why, why did this take so long? You know, it's just silly. But anyways, back to free agency. Um, the first contract, obviously, that I think uh, I, I saw the Patriots sign had to have been Johnny Smith, wasn't it? Uh, four years, $50 million. Um, I think he got uh, 31, just a little over 31 of that guaranteed, but uh, $12.5 million a year average for him. So that... It, Good for him. I mean, I I, I tweeted that photo at you and uh, you made it get a little awkward asking if we're going to rub oil on Johnny Smith, but that guy's a monster. Holy <laughs> crap. So to give our uh, <laughs> listeners a little, I guess, context to that, he sent me a picture of Johnny Smith without a t-shirt on and clearly Johnny had just done probably chest, arms, and abs only. Um, and of course the guy's a monster, so I said yeah are we rubbing oil on him or something um but in typical patriots fashion they go and they double down quite like the i want to say it was somewhere around 2011 i don't actually have that draft year in front of me when they doubled down on tight ends in the draft and took gronk and hernandez so they went out and then got hunter henry it was earlier than uh than 2011 because wasn't might weren't they there? Earlier. Weren't they both there the uh, the year that they lost the perfect season to the Giants? One of those mid two thousand. Oh, it was it was twenty ten actually. It looks mm. like, but uh, I think that still falls in line with with missing out on the perfect season. But yeah, they're they're going back to the to the obviously two tight end sets um, with Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith. I mean, good good for them uh two great tight ends belichick obviously loves 
loves tight ends. He drafted two last year as well, which he's obviously eating a little bit of crow on as well, saying that uh, they are not the answer. Um, I guess if, if we're going to call them Gr- Gronk and Hernandez 2.0, um, who's the Hernandez and who's the Gronk? Oof. Is that too soon still? Or I know, I know it's so awkward saying who's Aaron Hernandez, <laughs> especially after the Netflix <laughs> talk last year. It, it, it's too soon, maybe. Yeah, like maybe a little. I can always edit that out, but I'm probably not going to. Let's be realistic. Um, yeah, I thought it was a really kind of classic, more Patriots move. But like the reason why this kind of you know took the NFL world by storm is um, Belichick does not go free agent shopping and he's just like he's out there being oprah like you get a contract and you get a contract and you get a contract like he's given i remember um the other one was nelson aguilar getting two years at 26 million like he's handing out some contracts he gives one to kendrick Bourne. um so i immediately message one of my buddies who's a big patriots fan and i'm like dude what's going on like this is not Bill B. Something's happened. Maybe this is like he had a stroke and this is his last couple of years. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to spend every penny of this to try and get a Super Bowl. Um, and oh, okay, I don't think he had a stroke, but my buddy was like, yeah, I, I think the idea is he's getting up there and um, he's kind of like Russ at the Super Bowl being all bitter up in the press box when Tom wins um, a, another ring without him. And I was like, just going to say the same thing is, is how much of this is motivated by the fact that TB 12 left, left town, went down to Tampa Bay and immediately first year away from Belichick hoist the Lombardi trophy. Um, I mean, of course, going into free agency, I, I, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me here. I, I want to say the Patriots were, a, a top three yeah, team. Yeah, they were either two or three. With they were for sure available. Yeah, they were for sure a top five team, if not top three team, as far as cap space. I think the the Jaguars were number one, um, and and but they were high up there. So everyone everyone was saying even last year that going into you know sure the Patriots are having a, a, a rough year this year, but you just wait, wait till next year, watch what they do, watch what they do. The weirdest contract, though, is that Nelson Aguilar contract. I just don't get it. Um, I I haven't seen any of the de- of the details as far as you know, we, like we we're just talking about guaranteed money. Uh, so all I've seen as well as the the two years, twenty six million, so a thirteen dollar or thirteen dollar thirteen million a year average. Um, and I just don't get it. Uh, we were both talking about it. We were, and then of course uh, the Patriots division rival the jets go out and sign Corey davis to a uh three year 37 and a half million dollar contract so 12 and a half million per year average so half a million uh less per year average and i was looking at the numbers and you know at, at first i i was thinking to myself like man like the Jets got a way better deal on Corey Davis than the Patriots got on Aguilar. I just, I can't believe that Belichick signed that contract. That's such a bad contract. And I mean, looking at the numbers, Aguilar actually had a good year last year. He had 48 catches, 896 yards, eight touchdowns. It's a lot of touchdowns. 
Um, I was probably a little Corey Davis bias because, uh, as I mentioned last week, he was on my fantasy team last year, and I felt he had a great year. Uh, Corey Davis last year, his numbers, 65 catches, 984 yards, only five touchdowns. So he had more catches. He had more yards, not a lot more yards, actually, less, less than 100 more yards, uh, considering how many more catches he had. That's not a lot. Um, but then I started looking at career stats as well. Um, I mean, Aglor's played six seasons in the league. He's going to his age 28 season, 272 career catches, uh, 3,400 career, career yards, 26 touchdowns. Uh, Corey Davis, uh, he's only been in the league for four years. Uh, this, this upcoming season is going to be his fifth year, of course, because the, the Titans didn't pick up that fifth-year option. So he's only going into his age 26 season. Um, he's got 207 career catches, 2,850 career yards, and 11 touchdowns. So again, his, his touchdown numbers are, are quite a bit lower than Aguilar's, but the catches in the yards um, and the big thing, the age, it, it's it, I, I still don't understand that Aguilar contract. I just I, I can't wrap my head around it, especially with a guy like Cam Newton throwing the ball. We all saw him throw the ball last year his shoulders cooked it's he doesn't have the, the same power he had before there was so some passes he made last year he didn't even look like he, he throwing it 10 yards and he was laboring to get it down the field I, I i don't which again brings me back to who's gonna be the quarterback for the patriots next year yeah i think i i think that's a really good point um it's pretty hard to hide when your arm is cooked i mean we saw it with ben we saw it with cam um, we saw it with Peyton. Drew Brees, peyton like it when it's time, it's time. And uh, it kind of leads me to believe that 100% they are going quarterback in the draft. Um, my early prediction right now, I think there's, where are they, like 15 or something like that? I think they're going to go, um, obviously it depends who falls, but I, I think that's going to be Trey Lance. Um, it's that- it's going to give Trey Lance enough time uh, to develop maybe they even bring cam back on another one year one um, and then what do you want to put around young quarterbacks or quarterbacks even with cooked arms uh, give him some reliable tight ends oh look at that we got two of them uh, let's give him a, a bunch of you know quick shallow rope kind of guys guys that can kind of do everything oh look we grabbed a couple of those guys they already have a good um, I guess stable of running backs um yeah i i I honestly think that's kind of where the patriots are going with that but the wild thing like he said was tom brady just messed everybody up for this year like everybody feels they are one or two pieces away from being the classic seven and nine bucks team um to going on a massive roll and winning a super bowl and it's kind of showing with everybody grabbing these contracts um just one more thought on that before we move on um the Aguilar contract as we're seeing some of these wide receivers sign their contracts um i think that's where his contract starts to make less and less sense like it it never made sense at 13 million everyone was kind of like oh my goodness for nelson Aguilar and um yeah, you can pull the stats up all you want. I don't think he's worth that much money. It turns out the market wasn't as hot for wide receivers. 
and you get a guy like Marvin Jones Jr. who's signing for less. Um, you see a couple guys taking one-year deals, and then you start scratching your head even further, and you're like, well, hold on a second. How did you get that contract? How did Kendrick Bourne get his contract right away? Like, That's kind of the head-scratcher to me is as these guys are signing it, it still looks like a bad deal. Like, you know, early on in free agency when somebody gets that big deal and it's like, oh, well, it kind of just opened up and people were throwing money around um, to get their guy. Well, okay, we can kind of see why, but like the market isn't even there. The market isn't there really for anybody. There's maybe, I'm trying to think, three or four of the contracts that are like, whoa, that's a big contract, like um, Trent Williams. That's a big contract. He earned that one. I mean, they all earned it, but like, there's only a couple of those contracts where it's like wow money. And to me, 13 million a year for Nelson Aguilar, uh, that's that's kind of wow money for me. Yeah. Um, so let's move on to something we had kind of planned here for contract wise. We and and we uh, obviously don't know each other's answers. So this is going to be kind of a, a fun little thing, depending who, um, who's going to steal a contract. So what we're going to do is we're going to start off with two contracts that we hated, and then we'll go into two contracts that we really liked. And just because I like you, I'm going to let you go first. So give me two contracts that were signed that you hate. You can even take Nelson oh. Aguilar if you want to chintz out a little bit. <laughs> I uh, I struggled with finding a contract that I really hated. Um, you didn't look hard you, enough. You already alluded to it. Uh, you know, it, it's hard to hate on these contracts when we're both big supporters of athletes getting paid. I am chintzing out here. I did have Nelson Aguilar on that list. It's bad. It's really bad. It's I'll, I'll never, it, it, it might be one of the worst contracts that, uh, that Belichick has signed. Um, you know, I, I saw one thing it, it's, you know, he, Bill Belichick used a first round draft pick to draft Sony Michelle and, and traded the second round pick for Muhammad Sanu. It's okay to question Bill Belichick's, uh, decisions sometimes <laughs> and I, I think Nelson Aguilar is certainly uh, a, a good time to, to question his decision making um, like I said I, I really struggled finding finding a second one so I, I'm just going to leave uh, Aguilar as my my one and only and uh, I'm, I'm going to give the floor back to you bud oh you're like tripling down on how bad this was uh, I apologize in advance to any Patriots fan that's listening to this I know we at least have one um I got a couple here, actually, and they're probably going to surprise some people. Well, one of them will. One of them probably won't. Um, my first bad contract is actually going to go to Trey Hendrickson. And this one's probably going to shock people because um, he had his big breakout year last year. He had his big whopping 13 and a half sacks. Um. And the contract, sorry, I just set it up, um, four years, $60 million. Now, I, I guess the caveat here is this is another one of those one-year contracts. The potential out is 2022. 
Um, they're still left with seven and a half million in dead cap after just one season, followed by five million, followed by two and a half. So, for a guy who uh, had six and a half sacks in three years prior, and then blows up for thirteen and a half sacks on a really, really good defense, um, this to me just reminded me of like those guys who hit it big in a contract year. Um, everybody's gushing over sack production, even though I don't think sack production is everything with edge rushers. Um, so Trey Hendrickson gets my first bad contract. And the second one actually just came in the late hours. This one was just signed Jamal Agnew. Um, I missed that one. Yeah. It, it literally happened maybe a couple hours ago. I want to say, um, I knew who Jamal Agnew was. I thought he was always a wide receiver who was basically just like a punt kick return specialist. Um, turns out I was right. And he got a three year, $14.25 million contract for a special teams ace. In, and he's a wide receiver. So yeah, I had to look this up just to make sure. Um, and he is listed on pro football reference as a wide receiver slash cornerback. I was going to say, I thought he was a cornerback. Yeah. So, I mean, I, so, I don't watch enough Detroit Lions games to really verify what he is. Um, I, have, I have a buddy who's a Lions fan. And so I, I, that's why I, the name sounded familiar. Um, what a, but what I mean, a at, 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 at the end of the day, if he's a wide receiver slash cornerback, Clearly, he's a specialist. He's a Devin Hester specialist. He's he's a special teams ace. He's he's not really um, seen the field on offense or defense. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just it's one of those head scratching ones where you see guys um, who are struggling to, you know, sign one year contracts or sign these like low two year contracts, and then you get this special teams ace who is getting you know. Um, almost five million a year now again another potential out 2022 i think that's a lot of flavors right now until they find out whether that tv deal goes through but his cap hit for this year is still 2.6 million they keep him around it goes up to 5.6 then it goes up to 5.9 and for a guy that doesn't log much time as a wide receiver as a cornerback like he, he's it's just, li- he's literally just special teams used. So it's it's one of those ones where it's just I'm I'm dumbfounded by this one. Especially when you see a guy like John Ross who signs a, a one year two point five million dollar contract with the Giants. But he's gonna get on the field. It just yeah, that that's that I I, I like I said, I, I missed that contract. It must have uh must have happened when I was either still at work or eating dinner i'm not quite sure but yeah, i want to say it was when you're eating dinner when you were yeah. messaging me um okay give me uh give me two that you really liked two that i don't know maybe it was the player in the team maybe it was the value of the contract give me two that you liked the first one i'm going to go with is uh tack mckinley um he signed a one-year four million dollar contract with the cleveland browns and i think it's just it's a good scenario for a guy to go in on a one year prove it contract where he doesn't have to be the guy. He miles Garrett is the edge rusher in 
Cleveland. He's one of the premier edge rushers in the entire NFL. So this is a good, really good chance for, for Tack to go in, um, show that he can play well, and and potentially cash in next year. And I think uh, uh, I was just, um, I think I tagged you on Twitter on this. Um, those one-year deals, I think, they're going to be really impactful next year. Like, let's say Tack blows up and they can't afford to keep him. Well, that's fine. If he gets paid somewhere else, you get a comp pick coming back the other way. And we know that some of these mega deals are coming back on third uh, as third round picks. Those that's a valuable pick. Um, so I like it for the player. I like it for the team. Um, yeah, that's a good one. And the other one I'm going to go with, as uh, as much as I hate to see him go, is Shaquille Griffin. Hmm. Uh, he signed a three year. $44.5 million contract with the Jaguars. Uh, 29 of that is guaranteed. Good for him. He's a 25-year-old cornerback, 26-year-old cornerback with a Pro Bowl on his resume already. He's signed a three-year deal, just under $15 million a year average. So now he gets a chance at 28 or 29 years old if he performs well down in Jacksonville to go and get paid again. And again, like I said, I hate to see him go. Uh, his brother Shaquem is joining him down, his, joining him down in Jacksonville as well. Uh, but good for him. Good for him for going out there, performing well on his rookie deal and getting paid. And not only that, but Jacksonville's home. So he gets to go back, gets to go play back in front of friends and family and everything else. And it's it just, it, it's, it's great to see a guy like that succeed. Yeah. I, I know you were, you were a little hurt by that one um, just cause you want to see the player stay, but good for him uh, cashing in on something like that. Leaves a big hole. Uh, that That's for sure. I mean, he was Seattle's number one DB uh, for the last uh, three or four, four years. Uh, so leaves a big hole for sure. Uh, but like I said, good for him. He deserves it. He earned it. And, uh, and I hope in three years from now he goes and gets paid again. Yeah, that, that's a really good one. Um, okay. I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go a really weird one here first. I am, I, I don't know if I actually like this one as my favorite, but I can't not say it after you, um, just gave me the one year tack McKinley one. Um, the Las Vegas Raiders got Solomon Thomas for a one-year, $5 million deal. Um, this is a guy that was the third overall pick just a couple of years back. Um, just an absolute monster on the interior of the defensive line, but also versatile enough to switch out and play a couple different positions. Um, and only for $5 million, like... That's a great plug-and-play starter with huge upside. Again, like maybe he balls out and you can't keep him, or maybe he does and you can keep him because the Raiders just gave away their entire offensive line. So like they're not necessarily paying a lot in there. So maybe this is one of those things where you get a young guy, um, a prove-it deal. It's just so low risk and absolutely massively high reward contract, and I absolutely love those ones. I love seeing Solomon Thomas not with the San Francisco 49ers <laughs> as well. So good choice. He's a bit of a game changer, hey? A little bit, yeah. 
Um, the other one I'm going to go to is... I had a couple of them written down here. You know what? Yeah, I'm going to go with this one. Curtis Samuel going to the Washington football team. Um, I think with the way the wide receiver market was going... There was like this little trend where it was like, oh, Aguilar gets overpaid. Then everybody else takes like seemingly these low deals. Um, and then Curtis Samuel gets uh, three years, 34.5. And I think he is worth every penny of it. He is like, he is your Swiss army knife on drugs, man. That guy can run. He can, he can do everything. And the thing I like about this is now Terry McLaurin doesn't have to be the everything in that offense now we have no idea who's actually going to be the long-term successor answer at quarterback um but i just love this for washington a team that just kind of has nothing really going for it um last year they go and get gibson they pair him with mclaurin um they have logan thomas there now you have curtis samuel so whoever's coming into that situation i don't know if that's their plan also is to target a quarterback early um but now you've got a nice stable of weapons to play with. I, I I was talking to somebody on Twitter about this. I have no idea what their offensive line looks like. I know they have Brandon Scherf, but beyond that, I don't really know. Um, I just know whoever's coming into that situation, that's kind of like a fun little uh, group of receivers to um, do some pretty funky things with now. And that, uh, that, leaves uh right into a perfect opportunity to talk about some of the other free agent signings that we saw around the league um you know maybe just some some random guys that ended up in places that you didn't expect or um you know guys that signed contracts that also you didn't expect and uh you know talking about curtis samuel that leads us right into uh fitz magic is back baby <laughs> he's going off to the washington football team on a one-year deal uh, I, I think I saw this is his uh, ninth Nine. team that he's going to play for, which if he ends up winning the starting competition out of camp <laughs> is an NFL record. So uh, good for Fitz magic. I, uh, I hope to see some more press conferences with him with uh, that glorious chest hair, just flowing for the world to see, you know, on uh, Twitter when I don't know if you call it a gif or a gif. It's a what? gif. Okay. I call it a gif too. That's good. <laughs> All right. We're, we're okay. I'm glad to re um, I'm glad we can agree on something. My frequently used gift now is Fitzmagic with his aviators on in the Tampa press conference with the fireworks going on behind it cuz oh it's so good and then I can every time I hear the name Ryan Fitzpatrick I can only think whoa 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 Fitzmagic you know I'm so glad you did that because I was just about to do it right after you. If you if you didn't go to that, if you're gonna say the only thing you think of when you hear Fitzpatrick, it's Fitzmagic because it's that's where my head goes. Which then Fitzmagic goes right into that song as well, bud. So yeah. absolutely. even just saying it in your head, you have to sing the song every time you hear Fitzmagic. Every time, without fail. Um, um, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, is there is there any other contracts out there that you saw that you were just either impressed with the contract or you know some big signings that you saw that uh that you're you're happy to see or just guys ending up in certain places um yeah i won't spend too much time on it obviously you and i both wanted Corey lindsley um i think that's a really cool spot for him to be in protecting justin herbert he got paid well 
Um, great spot for for Lindsley. Great uh, spot for for Justin Herbert to to have a a, a veteran like Corey Lindsley uh, passing the ball off to him. Now I, I think that's uh, that that's going to be a huge boon for the Chargers. Yeah, another one that I really like just just for the team aspect of it was uh, William Jackson going to Washington as well. Um, that defense was lights out last year, and now you're just adding like more onto it like they I guess I mean Fitzpatrick definitely can put some points up but he won't have to like that defense can make you win a game by scoring I don't know a field goal essentially that's the Fitz magic baby he just he wins when he has to it doesn't matter what the defense does Fitz Fitz magic gets it done (laughs) do you have any that you liked um, I mean, there, there's a couple I have here. Um, again, we're talking about Cam Newton and his contract. And is that starter money? Is that backup money? What does this mean for the, the long-term future? Uh, the one that was kind of caught my eye was Tyrod Taylor to <laughs> the Houston Texans on a one-year, $12.5 million deal. Um, again, not groundbreaking, not uh, not any shocking amount of money or anything like that. Except again, that's not backup money. You're not paying a guy to hold a clipboard for twelve and a half million dollars unless he's clipboard Jesus, Charlie Whitehurst. <laughs> uh, and even then, he didn't get that much. So, is a Deshaun Watson trade still coming? I don't know. That's a conversation for another night. Um, but that one definitely caught my eye. You guys uh, can't see the... what I'm doing on the screen right now, but I'm mimicking stirring the pot right now. <laughs> clearly, clearly chris knows something that we don't maybe he's I'm like just, the new insider i'm just teasing and just just hyping people up for, for the next episode <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I i think i did see a tweet today that said uh, i i have uh, my finger on the pulse so who knows let's see what happens right <laughs> uh <laughs> the other one that uh, caught my eye was the joe tooney to the chiefs mm. um not necessarily i mean the chiefs obviously cut a bunch of guys and they restructure contracts and they open up space. And um, a lot of those guys they, they cut were on the offensive line. So th- they had holes to fill, um, but it was the, just the creativity uh, that, that they used and that they took advantage of to make that happen. I, I don't have the contract in front of me here, but I know the, the, the first year base salary is less than $1 million. I think his cap hit is less than $5 million in that first year. So the Chiefs really took advantage of the fact that the salary cap is, uh, of course, quite low this year, lower than it was last year. Uh, And then they're taking, uh, assuming, predicting that the cap hit will, uh, or the cap number will will go up next year, especially once those TV contract numbers are are released. Um, The kind of last thing I just want to touch on really quick here. Uh, before we move on, is the Jacksonville Jacksonville Jaguars? Um, I, I I saw this tweet uh, come out uh, yesterday morning, and I, I had to screenshot it because I really wanted to share this. I'm going to read it ver- verbatim here. It's it's from Warren Sharp on Twitter. The Jaguars have now spent 1.4 billion. Yes, that's <laughs> billion in free agency since 2011. By far the most money in the NFL, they've lost nearly 75% of their games in that span, which is by far the worst percentage in the NFL. 
They are now on their fifth head coach since 2011. So in 10 years, they've spent $1.4 billion in free agency. They've lost the most amount of games. Uh, they've spent the most amount of money, and they're changing coaches for the fifth time. It just – you and I have talked about <laughs> talked about this the other day is, you know, the, the, the bad teams with the most cap space have a tendency to overpay a lot of money and just continue to be bad. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely don't want to be – buying your team and I think that's another thing that was just so uncharacteristic of the Patriots and I think that's why it kind of set the world ablaze um, one last one before we go it's not an actual contract but it's something that um, I have to bring up today because I think there's going to be I think we're going to see some action on it um, the Patriots put a second round tender on cornerback JC Jackson so the big thing with that is if a team doesn't match, I guess, a contract or sorry, if the Patriots I mean, don't why match, would... the Patriots don't match a contract of somebody trying to poach him, it's only going to cost them a second round pick. Like if I'm a team that needs corners, I definitely want to, um, I, I'm, I'm trying to poach him. Like he was unreal that, last year and um i yeah i just thought it was really interesting yeah why wouldn't a team uh try i mean it's 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 worth a shot throw a contract at them uh the worst because with with those rfa tenders does the it gives the patriots right of first refusal right correct so they could offer him something or sorry they could match a team offering him a contract trying to poach so, um, so which leaves you with the, um, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm going to bring up the, the Steve Hutchinson poison pill <laughs> and, uh, that of course, uh, bit the Seahawks in the butt, uh, many, many years ago. Why not? If you're going to try and sign a guy like JC Jackson, sign him to some sort of poison pill contract that says if he plays, uh, what, I I can't remember the exact wording the Vikings used, but if it was like, if he plays fifty percent of his contract in Seattle, then it's a hundred percent guaranteed. And it's like, well, of course, your starting left guard is going to play fifty <laughs> percent of his contract in Seattle because fifty percent of the games are in Seattle. Um, so again, why not sign him to it to something that? the Patriots just simply can't match. Now saying that the Patriots are in a better capped position um, currently than the Seahawks were back in, I want to say 08 is when Hutchinson left um, that maybe they could just turn around and say, whatever, we're just going to match it and, and deal with the consequences later. Yeah. It's those ones are so interesting to me because it's, literally a second round pick is essentially a shot in the dark, right? Like it's not that big of a deal. Um, and you can also kind of like, you know, if you're a team that has lots of cap space, you can almost like corner the Patriots into doing something stupid that they don't want to, because they definitely don't want to lose JC Jackson. So you throw out this contract that either, you know, they can't match or if they match it being like, Oh, I, you know, I'm going to give him, I don't know, let's say three years, $45 million. I'm using some Jerry Jones math here. Um, 
and we're going to give him 100% guaranteed. Because guess what? We're at the bottom of the totem pole. We're going to take a chance on this kid. If the Patriots want to match it, fine. But they're stuck on the books for $15 million for the next three years. Um, yeah, we're getting close to the end. Do you yeah, want to do one... a, little, uh, a little rundown here of the state of the Seahawks after I don't even know how many hours? I think we're around 60 hours in free agency. Yeah, um, I mean, just the other thing I just want to quickly touch base before I touch my fran- uh, state of the franchise with the Seahawks. How much better are the Patriots going to be next year when they get Dante Hightower and and Patrick Chung back, plus all these free agents? Just really quick, you, you don't have to really add on that. I, I just I look out for the Patriots this upcoming year, depending on what they do in the draft and, and what they do leading up to week one. I think it's going to be very interesting to watch. Um, state of the franchise. <laughs> Where do I start with my Seattle Seahawks? <laughs> um, the sky we- is falling. The sky is it's it's halfway there. It's it's halfway <laughs> falling. I I don't know what I don't know what to say. I don't know what I mean. I, I texted you earlier today that I was really really mad. I was coming on here to yell and scream and swear and um, I think I said at one point I was going to do nothing but say uh, a uh, a word that my mother would not have wanted to hear for the entire episode tonight. Um, but I have refrained. Uh, I have uh, cooler heads have prevailed here. Mom would be so and, proud of you right now. And of course, that anger uh, stems from the whole Rodney Hudson scenario. <laughs> Man, I wanted him bad. And when the when the rumor came out that he was going to get cut, and the Raiders were releasing him, which everyone was like, "What the hell are the Raiders doing cutting an all pro center?" I just whatever it takes, you know, like Kevin Costner in draft day, Rodney Hudson, no matter (laughs) what, that was my mentality. And then of course, I mean, you have to think the Raiders front office was, was smart leaking that information. We're going to cut Rodney, Rodney Hudson to drum up trade interest. And of course he goes to a division rival as everybody does goes to an NFC West division rival. JJ Watt went there. I'm sure Deshaun Watson's going to end up with the 49ers and Rodney Hudson goes to the Cardinals. Like, come on, my God. Like I, I would not have been as mad if he went anywhere else other than Arizona, but this is a Seahawks state of the franchise not an Arizona Cardinals state of the franchise. The Seahawks, uh, they signed a couple free agents. They signed uh, a Kello Witherspoon. I'm probably butchering that first name. Uh, they signed him to a one-year, $4 million contract. He's a 25-year-old cornerback. Um, so he's, you know, a young DB coming in to re- potentially replace Shaquille Griffin. Uh, former uh, 49er, he's apparently had... Uh, some confidence and injury issues in the past, which has led to him missing games either due to those injuries or being benched. Uh, today, they signed Gerald Everett, uh, a one-year. Uh, it's a six million guaranteed, but could be valued up to seven million. So, basically, just replacing that terrible Greg Olson contract from last year. Not saying that the Everett signing is a bad signing. Um, everyone kind of predicted this happening uh, as soon as the Seahawks hired Shane Waldron uh, as the offensive coordinator coordinator, excuse me, uh, that Gerald Everett was going to be a a tight end that he targeted. 
Uh, and I just want to talk about a couple other things here. Uh, Puna Ford, uh, the Seahawks were going to put a second round tender on him. He was going to be a restricted free agent. They came to terms on a two year contract worth uh, close to $14 million. And I just want to say, I love this deal. I am so happy for Puna Ford. He's a, you know, the, the Seattle Seahawks. I, I keep referring to him to this every time we talk about him, the 310 pound Bo Jackson, <laughs> uh, that, that, uh, for anybody who's not aware, look up that, uh, that article, uh, that is what his high school coach used to refer to him as, um, you know, again, young guy, he's going to get a chance to get paid again, two years from now. Um, and I just, I couldn't be happier for the guy. I mean, he was an undrafted free agent out of the university of Texas and what a life changing contract for him. He's going from, he made $750,000 last year. Don't get me wrong. That's a lot of money. That's an, you know, takes most people many, many years to make that kind of money. He, this upcoming year, he's going to make $4.4 million. So good for him. Good for his family. You know, like I said about Shaquille Griffin, happy to hate to see Shaquille grow or go, but happy for him and his family. Happy to see Puna stay happy for him and his family. That's, that's an insane amount of money for him, um, especially as an undrafted guy. And, uh, you know, I, I remember last December, uh, I, I sent you a video of him chasing down uh josh reynolds from the rams and uh i think it was like 25 yards down the field to make the tackle which you don't see a lot of d tackles making uh you know 25 yards down the field tackling a wide receiver so uh good for them i mean they uh <laughs> right before we jumped on here they traded a fifth round pick this year for gabe jackson Great. Happy they did it. They needed to do it. They needed to bolster that, uh, that offensive line. Um, that gives them one last one less pick this year. So now they're down from four to three. And my only question there is what do they do with Gabe Jackson? Does he play right guard where he's played his entire career or do they move him to left guard? Um, they also have Damian Lewis who played right guard last year as a rookie performed really well. Uh, he did step in at, uh, at the center position for one game last year when Ethan Posick was hurt. Uh, and then I saw a thing that they might move Damian Lewis to left guard. So some, some fluctuation on the Seahawks offensive line there. Um, you know, some guys might have to change positions. We'll see what happens there. They still need a center, but, uh, overall this the sky is uh you know chicken little can can rest one more day the sky is not quite falling yet and uh and we all just need to as aaron Rodgers said r-e-l-a-x just relax man yeah i think um anyone that doesn't really know you that well every time puna ford does something well or there's any action around him i always get an instant video sent to me saying check out the 300 pound Bo Jackson. You have to watch these clips. And um, probably because he's a D tackle, they don't get as much love as they probably should. This guy's a freak. Like he is moving around. Like he is a nimble running back, like great comparison. Um, and then obviously I was super happy for you to hear the Gabe Jackson. I, I know like having four picks and only having three is kind of a bummer. Um, but it's one of those, you know, what were you going to do with a fifth round pick? Was that going to be a plug and play starter? Probably not. So 
the one thing you kept harping on last week and, you know, Russ has been doing it this whole time is, guys, I need an offensive line. Yeah, okay, we missed out on Hudson, but what's the next best thing? So I was super happy for you there. Um, for the Ravens, um, if you were on Ravens Twitter, you would think the sky is also falling down, which is kind of hilarious. Um, just a little bit before we jumped on, I actually uh, gave everybody on Twitter who is a Ravens follower a little bit of a dad talk. Um, told them to uh, to just chill out and uh, to quote my own self because I'm that narcissistic. Um, some of y'all need a Twitter time out because what Eric DaCosta is doing right now is nothing short of awesome. Um, he starts it off um, before the free agency thing actually, or sorry, before the legal tampering period actually begins, I had to correct myself. Um, he goes and gets, uh, Kevin Zeitler, uh, on a very team friendly deal. Like we both talked about how we needed offensive linemen. Um, so he got three years, 22 and a half. Um, this year, his cap hit is only $4 million. Next year, it goes up to 8.9, and then there's a potential out. Um, but this is a guy that Ravens fans know really well from his time in Cincinnati. Um, just a really, he's what we call a Raven, right? Like, he's going to be a plug-and-play starter. And, yeah, they're also, they're talking about same thing here. Like, where is, where are you going to put him sort of thing? I think the consensus is Bradley Bozeman gets shifted into the center position. Um and then Zeitler and probably Ben Powers round out your guard. So I thought that was just an awesome way to start it off. I think the Ravens fans were on this super high before, you know, free agency even started. Yeah, sweet. We got a guard. We're also going to get, you know, you know, Kenny Galladay. I've heard that thrown around every five minutes. Um, but no, we do not have a wide receiver. And as you know, things would go, the sky is falling down because we don't have a wide receiver. So they re-signed Pernemlik Fee, just a nice one-year contract. The one I really loved was Tyus Bowser. Um, everybody that I talked to said that Tyus Bowser was probably in that $10 million a year range. Um, they get him for four years at $22 million. Now, this is one of those contracts that uh, the potential out is that 2023. I don't think you ever want to think about the potential out with this because the value is so good. This kid is just 25 years old. Um, and he is the, not one of, he is the best coverage linebacker in the entire league. There's this hilarious um, sort of chart that goes out there that shows linebackers and coverage. And it's got all these little dots around. And then at the very far right-hand side of it, they put a little picture of Bowser off of Mario and they said, this is where Tyus Bowser is. Also his last name is Bowser. So what a, you know, maybe not as cool as the first name Puna, but definitely up there for all, <laughs> all name team. Um, they also re-signed uh, Derek Wolf to a nice contract. And then the one that I think really pissed people off, um, they ended up trading a conditional seventh round pick. Um, not too long before we jumped on here um, for, and I had never heard of this dude's name. So I, I apologize to this guy in advance, Josh 
Oliver from the Jaguars. And people were losing their mind. They're like, oh, it's not a wide receiver. Of course they would go and do something stupid like this. This is probably one of the smartest contracts I have, or sorry, trades that I have ever seen in my life. So it's a conditional, first of all, it's a seventh round pick. It's a seventh round pick. Let's just, okay. It could be Mr. Irrelevant. Exactly, right? Like they're seventh round picks, first of all. But it gets better than that. The condition is if he makes the team next year. So he goes through camp and they're like, you know what? You weren't actually that good. Um, Bye. And we'll just keep our seventh round pick. So basically we're just like getting this free tryout with this kid. If it works, okay, here's your seventh round pick. It's a seventh round pick. I don't really care. Um, He's a former third round pick of the Jaguars. And I'm sure there's something that the Ravens could do. I mean, they could cut him and bring him back. And it's probably just enough to keep their seventh round pick. So (laughs) like you said, it's basically a free player guys. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a huge fan of what Eric DaCosta is doing right now. The sky is not falling. The sky looks very bright. Um, they're not done yet. It Again, it's so early into free agency. This is not a sprint. This is a marathon to get to training camp. Um, yeah, anything you want to add? We're pretty much out of time here, bud. Yeah, just just to quickly talk on, on your Ravens as well there. You know, you, you mentioned Tyus Bowser. You mentioned Kevin Zeitler. Um, I actually had both those contracts on my love list oh yeah um i was actually gonna use tyus bowser as one of my one of my two guys but i thought for sure he was gonna be on your love list and <laughs> you, you probably just didn't want to be too much of a homer or, or what have you um i agree i think that's a great contract what was it four years uh for a 25 year old uh yeah. linebacker that can play in pass coverage and be come off the edge uh that that I know I said to you the other day when, when that news broke on that contract, that contract's going to age so well. Yeah. Um, and the other thing, you know, they, they need a wide receiver. They need a wide receiver. They need a wide receiver. Well, I mean, a guy like golden Tate is still out there. He's, he's not what he used to be, but he's going to be a good safety blanket for a guy like Lamar. Um, they have Hollywood Brown already to stretch the field. Why not bring in that that slot guy um, that catches what seems to be everything thrown his way uh, to give Lamar a little added help? Um, just just a, a first name that kind of came to to mind for me there. I don't I don't know what you think about him or how he fits the scheme, but uh, um, you know potentially a, a, a Steve Smith type kind of guy. <laughs> So. I know uh, Ravens Twitter would be burning your house down right now if they heard you say that. Um, I, I don't mind it on like a veteran kind of deal. I think we have a couple guys that could fill that slot role. But like you said, you have to round out your wide receiver room eventually. Um, yeah, I don't mind it at all. Um, I want to give a couple little shout outs at the end here to uh a couple guys i follow on twitter they're uh both having well one just had their baby and the other one is about to have his baby and he promised us that he was going to listen to episode one so hopefully he listens to episode two maybe i just want to i just want to say really i just want to say really quick like i don't know i've been in the hospital twice when my wife's in labor and if I was listening to a podcast while my wife was in labor, giving birth to my child, I 
wouldn't have had a second child if I did that with the first. That that's probably for certain. Uh, but hey, man, props to you. Um, good luck. I, I hope uh, you, you know your your wife and your soon to be newborn baby are happy and healthy uh, when here. Yeah, I think it's great. Don't listen to Chris. Listen to our podcast, even when your <laughs> wife is delivering your first child. So <laughs> shout out to uh, to Calvin and to Nico. Um, but don't actually do that or you'll get in a lot of trouble. Um, any last words? No, I, like, like I said, at the, at the open there, uh, you know, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, you know, we had, uh, 69 plus listeners, uh, for episode one. Um, so we appreciate it guys. Uh, you know, please follow us on Twitter, uh, at ballhawks underscore pod, like Steve said, listen to the podcast. We're available on all the major ones, all the little ones that you haven't necessarily heard of either. I know we hadn't until uh, until they launch, <laughs> but we're on Apple, we're on Spotify, we're on Google Play, uh, and anywhere else you, you might listen to your podcast. So thank you guys. We appreciate it. And, uh, you know, go Hawks. Peace. Touchdown, Seahawks! We control us. We run this. And anybody come in our house, they get dealt with. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.